This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The Down on the Docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you were listening to live right here on the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app. Or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from, we're not judging as long as you're liking, subscribing and all that good stuff. And that goes for the YouTube as well. Listen, we do these episodes before and after every series, but listen, we drop stuff in the middle. And when you're wondering, hey, where does where was that episode? Listen, when you like and subscribe, it's pretty simple. Also, if you're liking the gear, go to at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. You want to be rocking that rye bread. You want the street cred for rocking the rye bread. That's where you get it from. I'm down here at Tacos and Tequila. The Mariners just wrapped up a series, a sweep. They've started a new winning streak once again. They already got three. They already got three here against the Kansas City Royals. I'm recording here down here at Tacos and Tequila in Seattle. But we're smart. We're smart about this. Me and Hannah are smart about this. We ran into some technical difficulties earlier today. So we ended up recording part of the show the wrap of the games one and game two earlier and we're going to teleport those in here at the middle we're chopping this thing up we're getting at it we're getting you your episodes no matter what problems are in our way right now is the kind of time right now is that time of the season that we got to do what it takes just like the mariners grinding it out today we grinded out this episode to make sure it's getting to you nice and early on on Monday morning so that you can roll into work, you can get up, you can go to the gym, you can do whatever you're doing. Maybe you're mowing the lawn or maybe you're catching up. You've been on vacation, you've been in a coma, you're getting out of jail. We're here breaking it down for you right here at the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. And right after this, we'll be back to talk about the sweep, talk a little bit about Jared Kelnick coming back, a little bit of Julio Rodriguez. You know, appreciation, a little bit of appreciation for our guy, Manny Actor, waving in all these runs on Saturday during the ass kicking that we gave. It's a glorious weekend. We're back. We're going to be talking about it right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. What were your takeaways of games one and game two? Yeah, you mentioned game one. It was back and forth. I mean, it started off great with a first pitch that JP ambushes and puts it in the seats. They add on with a Cal little blooper in the left field uh, to score Julio, and they were off and running. But then you mentioned the pesky Kansas City Royals. They come back with three in the next uh, half inning. The Mariners put up back-to-back two-run scores in the fourth and fifth, and you're feeling good, six to three. You got Matt Brash coming in in the seventh, followed probably by Topa or Munoz and that thing. So you kind of got your bullpen set. But then in the seventh, Matt Brash was, who hasn't pitched lately, you know, to be quite frank, kind of looked like it. He wasn't sharp. He gave up that home run to Isabel. He only ended up uh, going two-thirds of an inning, gave up three hits and two runs, like I mentioned. And uh, you're getting kind of concerned. One-run game now. But the Mariners were able to add on one more run in the eighth with a big double from Gino to score JP. And then in the ninth, you bring in Munoz. So you got a two-run lead. And uh, he walks a guy, or he gives up a hit, he walks a guy. And it was really smart, in my opinion, of seeing what Scott Service did in the ninth. Bobby Witt Jr. came up, and he decided to uh, intentionally walk him to put the uh, go-ahead and run on at first base. So it's something we haven't always seen from Scott doing something like that. But uh, I thought it was very smart, and uh, Munoz was able to get through it and strike out the last batter, and all is good in Marinerland. A big victory, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, another winning streak has started. Yeah, and and also it just felt good for them to get another victory in those City Connect uniforms because to me they're always going to wear that stink of that boo night. And earlier on in the season, I know it has nothing to do with the uniforms, but I don't associate big victories in those uniforms now. So for me as a fan, it, it – I'm very happy that they're putting some success in those uniforms. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They sure uh, feels like they didn't win at all in the very beginning of the uh, City Connects coming out. But, you know, I don't know the stats exactly lately, but it feels like they've had a little bit more success come of late with wearing those games on Friday night. I mean, after the big excitement of game one, the, the game one victory it was on Apple TV. Um I know a lot of people uh, bitch and complain about it, but it does kind of weed out some people. And I swear it kind of makes this community of like who's watching and who isn't watching. Anyways, we've talked a lot about that in the past. We'll we'll, just, we'll keep it moving on. Uh, game two, you'd wonder how they were going to come out. It was a quick turnaround. Mariners seven home runs. Teoscar Hernandez, six RBIs in this game. Julio gets a home run. Mike Ford gets a home run. It all kicks off, though, with Rojas. (laughs) You know, uh, he's just been a godsend, um, especially how we've been trying to figure out second base. It seems like we have uh, second base figured out right now between him and Demo and you sprinkle in Caballero in there. It's it's looking good. Um, 
I mean, I don't know what to say about this game. When, when we're getting to see the opposing team have position players pitching to the Mariners, it's nothing we, we've seen uh, too much with uh, the way Seattle build, traditionally builds its offense. So that was pretty awesome, and I really like that some of the players stayed in there. I know some of them got off their feet, but I feel like if some of some players, like I'm glad Tay Oscar got back up there and was like, let me go, you know, try to help out the law of averages. How many times has he been robbed in his career or even this year of maybe a home run? Well, this is how you uh, get your checks and balances, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you start off by mentioning the seven home runs by the Mariners, the most they've ever hit in Safeco Field history. Uh, another parallel to that is they started off the game with seven runs in that third inning just to add to it. So they got off to a great start and never looked back, as you mentioned. Another thing, uh, Logan Gilbert was fantastic, went seven strong innings, only gave up two hits and one run, one run on that home run. And, uh, you know, it was a blowout early and you were able to put in the uh, guys that are in the uh, end of your bullpen, uh, the new acquisition Weaver and then Thornton. So yeah, easy peasy of a Saturday. Uh, the M's are rolling. I mean, another double digit hit game. I believe they had 16, even though they only scored seven runs in that first game. And they followed up by another 13 hits uh, in game two. So the bats are looking really good. Um, just to kind of round out the whole series as a, as of combining or the first two games of the series, excuse me. Uh, they were getting, they're getting multiple hits from multiple guys. I mean, in that first game, JP Gino and Cal each had three hits and Julio and Calzone had two. I mean, and it just continues then in game two with another, another, a uh, couple other guys having multiple hit games with JP Raleigh, Teo, Mike Ford chipped in there, also a home run. I don't know if we mentioned it. Uh, and you mentioned Rojas. And then, you know, for uh, getting guys off their feet, you bring in a guy like Cade Marlowe. He fights off a bunch of sliders, uh, you know, just keeps waiting until he gets his pitch. And then he smokes one over the dead center field at the 401 mark. So contributions from everywhere. So, yeah, first first two games of this series is a great way to start. That game felt like I was playing a video game. I definitely had the uh, the happy flight, as the Mariners like to say, getting up here for game three from L.A. Man, it was just such a relaxing Saturday afternoon to be able just to, to you know, do the errands and do the scrambling you got to do when you're traveling and not be so glued and the heart rate going and the blood pressure up during that game. And you know who who – I think appreciated this game more than anybody is 92 and a half year old grandma Norma. She, she really enjoyed this game and I really enjoyed watching Logan just go out there and be like, I'm not, this is not going to turn into one of these, you know, 11 to eight, 14 to 10, uh, showings. Yeah, he was fantastic. He did his job and really helped out, uh, the bullpen who's, been worked really hard on the road trip and uh he, it was a great thing to see from him to uh go out there and pitch like we know he can he was absolutely spectacular all right well let's uh travel back to the future hannah you ready to get back in the delorean with me and we're hitting the flux capacitor <laughs> we're gonna travel to game three we're gonna break it down here right after this 
Fry bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, and somebody came, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, "You're the you're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it, and he goes. You're a great man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And to game three, the Mariners get the sweep, obviously. Sweet. We got Mob Baker. Sweet. We got the Ninja. Okay, let's talk about this game, Hannah. What, 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 what was going on in the broadcast? We're down here at Tacos and Tequila. Us three were in at the game, but what was it like checking it out? What's What's the news? Uh, the news is the Mariners are in sole possession of first place now. Offensively, you got a couple cookies from the pitcher, a couple hanging sliders, one to Teo who put out to center, one to Julio he put in the bullpen. That's all it really was on the offensive end for the game. Both those players had multi-hit games, and the only ones have multi-hit games. A big key for me was the defense, Gino as you know and we always talk about, is just a wizard over there at the hot corner at third made a nice diving or play down the line early in the game and throw over to first. Uh, huge, almost double play in that eighth inning. Uh, tried to turn it with JP, but the the relay to first is not in time. And then a couple outfield uh, great plays, one by Marlowe and left, and that diving fully extended play by Canzone and right. And really the game came down to the eighth inning there with Topa after Spire gives up the two-run jack to make it close. Topa comes in. Uh, inherits a runner and then gives up a base hit, but he was able to get a tough at, at bat against Salvi Perez to strike him out. I mean, you you and I have talked so many times about Salvi Perez and how he's such a pest. He got him down. Yeah, he got him down 0-2 real quick. Uh, Topa threw some balls out of the zone and in the zone, a couple of them really scared me, but he just was able to only foul them off. And then he got back and threw a change up and sped him up and was able to put him away. And that was the key to the game, that eighth inning there. And then nice to see Munoz get a nice soft landing in the ninth. It was three up and three down, all Ks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all coming back to me now because we were all in the game today. What was it like inside the stadium? Ma, let's go with you first. It was electric. Los Bomberos. Yes. But you know what's always scary is Munoz in the top of the ninth inning or the bottom of the ninth inning. We're having to get used to it. Yeah. yeah. What Def do you think, Ninja? Yeah, definitely. We needed Munoz to turn that corner and become a closer because we, yeah, he's he's the guy right now. We might sign somebody in the future, but for right now, he's our guy and we need to ride him and we need to hope that he I mean, the Mariners need more than three runs, need yeah. more than a one-run lead when Munoz comes to close. You know, if he gets used to it, if he starts closing more games and just, you know, turn, so. turns that corner so. as, yeah. a, as a closer from a setup man to a closer and he develops that killer attitude, then Munoz, yeah. Well, Scott Service says, hey, you, you guys, we've all heard the soundbite. We haven't had a closer except for the beginning of this year with Seawald. You know, in the last couple of years, I get that, but that was kind of like the recipe of what was kind of working and kind of keeping us afloat. So I do feel like we have to get that guy that we can go to. Hanno and I were talking about Brash last week, but Hanno also brought up this point and it kind of showed the other day if, if Brash, he's so electric, but if he comes in there and he's not throwing strikes, the walks are going to happen and you can't have that late in the game with a one 
one-run game. Topa seems like maybe he's 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 somebody of interest. What do you think, Hanno? Yeah, I mean, he could be for sure. I mean, they're kind of starting him out. I feel like they kind of did Seawall when he came aboard. Uh, started him kind of middle relief. He's moved his way up with Seawall moving on. They've put him into high leverage situations. Um, even before they put him into this higher leverage situations lately, he's been real steady for you. Uh, the Mariners, that, who are the magic of creating these bullpen guys out of nowhere, seem to have gotten that with uh, Topa. And, yeah, he's definitely an option if, you know, Brash or Munoz should not be that guy for you. But, I mean, as far as stuff, Brash and, and Munoz are, are the guys that are there for me, but Topa is right there behind him. Yeah, and, you know, what I've seen today is the guy, the, our left-handed Spears, Spires, yeah. And uh, he last week, the last couple outings, he was throwing like 97. He was throwing gas. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? And then today his velocity was down a little bit. He was throwing like 92, 93. And so, yeah, I would like to see Spire's velocity get back up to that 97. Then he, he was legit. You know yeah. I mean? Spire, I, I had to say this. I was out in the bullpen at this point. Ma, you were behind the plate. You – Ninja, you were in Edgar's. I was out in the bullpen. Spire did not warm up as far as I could see too much. Threw a little bit of water on him. I don't know. I've never I've seen him do a bullpen. It didn't seem like the longest of bullpen. So I wonder maybe how he was feeling. You never know. But by the time I went back to Edgar's, I, I had not even known that he gave up a two run home run. What'd you see in that home run mob that Spire gave up? Um actually I wasn't looking. <laughs> good. You good. I'm glad you went. Hannah, what'd you see there on the broadcast? <laughs> it really wasn't too bad of a pitch, if we're being real honest here. It was outside edge on the on the black, away from the hitter, but the ball was elevated a little bit. It wasn't tucked low and away, so the uh, batter was able to get good contact on it. It really wasn't a bad pitch. If we're going to nitpick, it would have rather had it be lower, but it was a good pitch overall, and the guy just put a good swing on it. Competitive swing on a competitive pitch that wasn't where you wanted it to go. Yes. Uh, so there's obviously with a with a low scoring game today. Again with Kansas City, they've been a tough customer for many a year. They have, and I mean the last four games we had with them, and then these three. It's well, I mean except for yesterday, but yeah, tight. It's tight fun games. to watch. It's it fun is to fun. Watch. It's baseball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know Bobby Witt Jr. Ninja, you've been all about him for a couple of years. Oh, everybody's all about him. When yeah. I was watching and listening to the broadcasts all weekend, and all they could talk about is Julio and Bobby Witt. And yeah, mm -hmm. and you don't have Trout right now. You, you don't have Judge. You got, you got Otani hurt. You got Okuni. You got these guys, and it's like, hey, let's like, look at these youngsters. Yeah, this is a great chance for guys like Julio and guys like Bobby Witt Jr. And Bobby Witt Jr. is he is that guy in the lineup. He's already a Mariner killer in my book. Oh yeah, yeah, he's awesome and he's cute. <laughs> it's really nice to see like oh, there's a whole next generation of younger players, and they're all under 24 years old. And you can name off about 30 or 40 of them that are coming up. And the league's in league's in good hands. We got you know. We got Julio versus Bobby Witt, and they're going to be coming up as, like, you know, the face of MLB in the American League. 
totally fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, we got some young guys too, you know, besides Julio. Look at Canzone. 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 Let's talk about Calzone. it. Yeah. Oh, let's do if you're watching on the YouTube. Oh, okay, so the guy in front of us kept doing this. This is the Canzone. Oh, that's the Canzone. Canzone. What was it like when he made that catch? Because you guys are from behind the plate. So yeah, you see we the whole sitting, thing? We were sitting 30 rows behind home plate, and Canzone made that catch, and it was awesome. But, yeah, yeah the guy in front of us sitting there, he had on a, a Rodriguez jersey, and he kept in a one of those red, white, and blue cowboy hats, you yeah. know? And he kept standing up going like this, and we're like, what's this? What's oh, this? Oh. oh! He didn't take the greatest of routes, but he was good enough to recover. He totally extended, uh, full full extension, and uh, he made a great catch. Uh, that's all you can say. Sam Marlowe, uh, his career, there was a nice running catch. He kind of took a step in earlier. So the routes were but it was okay. The play was made. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a great it was a big moment it was a great play I mean you, you can now feel at least there in the stadium I haven't been around too much since the trade happened up here in Seattle at games and such they were on the road I happened to be down there but you can totally tell the feeling that this crowd has for Canzone and Rojas and Paul Seawald was a beloved guy. I mean, I I wish he was in the bullpen, but I I'm I'm starting to be full trade. blown on like this is this is better for this team. I'm like completely convinced, and I feel like it's fair for you to feel like I don't know, I don't know, I don't no, know. Amen, and now brother. you can make your Good answer. Trade. Good trade. You like the trade mod? Yeah, I like the trade. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? Are you are you in on this trade now? I think time will tell. Um, it makes sense that they made the trade to say to sell high on Seawald. Um, but time will tell. Uh, the way they've come, uh, 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 the way they've come about here lately, yeah, there's nothing you, more than you can be happy about than the way those two guys are playing. Just to wrap up the Kansas City series, I would just say that you know, two guys that wish Kansas City weren't leaving would be Julio and Teoscar. Uh, Julio <laughs> yeah. hit over 540. Uh, against Kansas City this year, Teo over four four hundred. They each had well, Teo had four home runs and Gina and uh, Julio had three. So it's nice to get Kansas City out of the way, but those are two guys that are wishing that they still had games against them left. Yeah, sure, I, and I but also I think a pretty good, uh, you know. A, a, what's the word I want to use? A, a pretty good consultation. A pretty good consultation prize is that the Oakland A's are coming in. I mean, uh, I think you're going to be feasting <laughs> on them as well. Uh, and then you go to New York, the Mariners. Point. You know. Also, let's let's talk about this. What'd you say? I was going to say point taken, but me being the baseball fan, Oakland swept the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Kansas City. He just came from Oakland, did not win the series. So you're going to have to take them serious, which I'm sure the Mariners will. They have to right now. They're holding down first place. They're holding out. What was your guys? That's a good question. To, like before we finish up here, because tacos and tequilas uh, close up here after the game. What was the feeling like today? Like you said, you, you let Edgar's know Texas lost. What was that feeling like today knowing we were in first place? Solely in first place. How how was that feeling, Ma? 
It was great. I mean, the lady in front of us had it on her phone, and she was watching the game, so I kept tapping her on her shoulder. What's going on? What's going on? 11th inning, 12th inning, 13th inning. I'm like, and then when it happened, we were all high-fiving all around. Yeah. So it was really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Same from Eggers. Yeah, I was actually the one watching on my phone, and I got the update as soon as that guy walked. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And again, we can Texas vouch for lost. that. Right? The stat department can vouch for that. The stat department was present. We have the data to support these claims. Yes. Firsthand. I don't know if you heard me, but I was I yelled out to Cade, Cade, Texas lost. Oh, we did. We heard you. Yeah. We heard you. We recognized you. We were like, we A, first of all, hell yes. Second of all, that's a familiar voice. How about Julio? We haven't mentioned Julio. How about Julio? I mean, is that kid a star or what? Somebody was telling me a couple weeks ago, oh, Julio, he's not hes not worth the money. I'm like, give him a chance. Well, they let's look at what he's doing now. They also know? haven't looked at his contract because it, it scales about how good he does, too. So oh, does it? I think okay. he's made a lot of money because he's going to get some top 10 MVP votes now. Well, and, yeah, and he made the all-star team. And, yeah, made you know, the all-star yeah, team, another right. escalator. Yeah, I know he's got yeah. some. But, uh, yeah, if he finishes in the top 10 in voting – three times in the next 10 years or whatever it is, or he finishes in the top 10 in MVP voting or the top five twice, or he wins an MVP once. Does he get any money for how many jerseys he sells to? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. He probably does. NIL, name image, like yeah. this money. You know, it's like, oh, my God, that kid. No, he's awesome. And he's you know, so, we're up, yeah. we're up 1-0. Julio steps to the plate, and he hits a two-run home run. Right on. You know, first pitch, Yeah. again, hits a bomb. Yeah. And then we end up giving up two runs in the eighth. So as Julio goes, the Mariners are, you know. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without him today. Yep, yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. And oh, God. another thing I really loved to see was how pumped up Julio was in center field during the ninth inning. Yeah. Have you noticed yeah. that? He yeah, was, yeah. like, dancing around. And, he was and, dancing and waving. Yeah, and, yeah he, was, he, was, he was trying to pump up. The, digging the crowd. Yeah. And, yeah. He, was, yeah. he knew. I saw him and I saw Cade. They kind of looked back at the scoreboard, and I was at Edgar's, and I announced, hey, Texas just lost. And that happened while the Mariners were in the eighth inning. You know we, what I mean? We did hear, we did the hear end, end somebody yell, Texas just lost. And we were, and I was like, that had to be my cousin's voice, didn't we, Tony? The voice sounded very familiar. Yeah. Texas lost. It was a friendly voice, and, and like, it was a great message also, like, by the way. Cade, Cade. Texas lost, and he could kind of like, look, he, I don't know if he looked back at that point, but then like, but Julio, Julio looked at the scoreboard too, and they're like, that's when you could see Julio getting pumped up. He was like, yeah. And it we, was a moment. And we, we were in first place for that. Brief moment. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five minutes of, you know, whether what we did in the ninth inning or not. Yeah, we won, but we were a half game sole possession, and you know, at that point. But yeah, you could, I loved how Julio was trying to, pump up the crowd that was fantastic yeah yeah so that was fun just going into the game actually myron and i were talking about that about how he's not only such a force like literally from a talent aspect but from a cultural team oh yeah aspect that's what they call him a six tool player that's right he's got the you know he can hit he can throw and he's got the charisma which you know total charisma. he does he's yeah. got that personality yeah. people love him yeah he's he's hard not to love he is hard not to love. Hey, Keep no, going. I was going to talk about Luis Roberts Jr. Hold, no, He's no, a no. center fielder. White Sox. He's got a similar, you know, like five-tool <laughs> player. White Sox. 
five-tool player, but he doesn't have that charisma, and he'll go on record as saying he doesn't want to be that leader. He doesn't want the spotlight. Because he's chicken sh Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. So we heard Scott Service talk after uh, game two or before game two and, or, and DePoto. I, actually, I think it was DePoto, um, if I'm correct. Actually, yes, it was DePoto. Uh, they were talking about we could be seeing Jared Kelnick back in the Mariners' dugout. Uh, what's your reaction to that? And a follow-up question is, where do you see him fitting in and who possibly would have to go? I mean, you'd have to make a roster move, wouldn't you? Or, or, or is this when we expand it? Can you uh, shed some light on all this, Hanno? So, yes, I did hear that Jared Kelnick's going to be working out down in Arizona, full day of baseball activity on Monday. And then uh, they are planning to send him to Tacoma for a rehab assignment. I did not hear the timetable on it. I'm sure he's got to get his timing back um, and all that kind of good stuff and feel healthy. I do feel a little bit better because remember when he mentioned that he had just gotten out of the boot, that his... Uh, heel or his foot was still injured so that was a little problematic in my mind but uh, hearing that he's going to go on a rehab assignment that's great news um, as far as the timing I mean it'll be in September they really won't have to make any decisions if they do bring him up because the rosters will expand to one position player and one pitcher so at that time you really won't have to uh, worry about who you might drop off um and then that'll have to be reevaluated once and if they make the playoffs. How the teams like the Yankees over the years, the Dodgers, the Braves, these teams that are constantly in the World Series and just successful organizations, they have these hard cuts and these hard moves and these deep benches. And, you know, it feels like embarrassment or riches, just like we do with our pitching staff. It's I feel really good that this is a topic or something that we're going to be looking forward to seeing. Uh, Mariners baseballs, I think is about as big as it could possibly be. This is the deepest we've been in first place since 20 or since 2003. Ninja. Oh no. I just wanted to tell my Manny Acta story. I oh really yeah. 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 We'll get a kick out of that one. It was a really good interview. So, so they, where'd you hear this on Trident Talk? No, no, it was on Seven Ten pregame. Yeah, the Trident Talk. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. Right or they, yeah, it could be the pregame. Yeah. They brought on Manny Acta as the you know our third base coach to interview him pregame, and they're like, Manny, how you feeling? He's like, man, my arm is sore. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get out there today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, what? You're waving too many people in, and he's like, well. Waving people in is one thing. And Manny Acta just has his accent and the way he tells his story. It was just an awesome story. Yeah. And then he's like, well, the one that really hurt me was when Gino hit his home run. And then he was excited. So he, I had to jump up really high for the high five. And it came down and it, it kind of hurt my knee. I'm trying. I'm kind of old. And I can't be having all this this action at third base. So, so like, 
Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love one, it. Of, one of my favorite things to do at spring training because Manny is so nice to oh, yeah. the fans. Yeah. Uh, we always tell him to ice his arm every night because in spring training, you know, they, you, they, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. The scores are like 9 to 10, <laughs> 17 like, to like, 13. Yeah. Thank God. Oscar took it easy on me on that last home run. He just gave me a little, a little, Solo home a, run, a little yeah. high five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't get too excited, so he, he realized like I was tired. So he just you know. that is good, that is good stuff. Well, uh, look, I mean, there's nothing really to break down anymore. The Mariners are sweet, hot. We've sweet, started sweet. another streak. Listen, they're 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 you know there's three eights of the way already to. Uh, matching, you know, the eight. And Hannah and I were talking the last episode when they had the loss. We were like, there's there's a good possibility you could match that third eight looking at the schedule. We'll be back uh, this week. Obviously, following the Oakland game, we'll be back Thursday morning. But maybe, listen, if you're liking, subscribing, and following all that stuff, the mirrors are hot right now. We'll probably put content out in between. I want to give a shout out to all the people we met here at Tacos and Tequila and also over at Edgar's and down in the pen. I know we got some new listeners, some new friends. Welcome aboard, right, Hanno? Hey, thanks for checking, yeah, in right. and checking us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, we'll be back. And listen, we're going to piece this. We're going to piece the show together. We've had all kinds of technical issues. Just got in here from L.A. the night before. But nobody's even going to know. But that's, that's how dedicated we are. Thanks to the ninja. Thanks to Ma Baker, Tacos and Tequila. And, of course, everybody over at Edgar's. Like, subscribe, follow those socials. You know the drill. Hanno, you know what time it is. And I'd also like to thank the stat department. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and thank the stat department. Sorry, I think Tanya. Oh, Hannah right over there earning major points. Major points. Major right. points. Like okay. Yes, yes, yes. The stat yes. department is heavily in Hannah's favor. Yes. Hannah, you know what time it is. <laughs> Who's got the charge? There, everybody does. It's nice again. Charge!